0: so carrying on then with the du'as, the fiqh of al-ad'iyah <coughs> wal-avqar, the fiqh of various supplications. The sheikh now says here, Inna min al-da'wati al-azimah <laughs> al-latī kana yuhāfidhu alayha al nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that from the great supplications that the Prophet ﷺ used to preserve and guard over morning and evening He never used to leave this du'a in the mornings and evenings he never used to leave this du'a in the mornings and evenings. fi في سنن أبي داود sunan ابن ماجه wa من حديث عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال. It is mentioned in the sunan of Abu Dawood, and the sunan of Ibn Majah, and other than them. From the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar he said لم يكن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يدعو هؤلاء الدعوات حين يمسي وحين يصبح That the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم Never used to leave these, basically, supplications. Never used to leave these supplications in the evening and in the morning. Meaning, he always used to say this in the morning and evening. And that is, (laughs) Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afiyah. في الدنيا والآخرة. اللهم اني اسالك العفو والعافيه في ديني ودنياي واهلي ومالي اللهم استر عوراتي وامن روعاتي اللهم احفظني من بين يدي ومن خلفي وعن يميني وَعَنْ شِمَالِي وَمِنْ فَوْقِي وَأَعُوذُ بِعَظَمَتِكَ أَنْ أُغْتَالَ مِنْ تَحْتِي This du'a now will go through it section by section, the meaning of it. The beginning of it, the Prophet ﷺ began by asking Allah for Al Aafia in this world and in the hereafter. Wal Aafia to lay a deluha shape. Women are at the Al Aafia, fit dunya, well, Akhira, Fakad, Kamula Nasibu, whom Al Khair that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to ask for Al Aafia. Al Aafia it is in essence safety and security to be in a state of safety and security and good health and be in a state of overall goodness in your affairs and that's why it is mentioned in Sunan At-Tirmidhi from Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He said, "Qultu ya Rasul Allah. I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, عَلِّمْنِي شَيْئًا أَسْأَلُهُ اللَّهِ Teach me something I can ask Allah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, Ask Allah for al aafiyah to be in that goodness and safety and security in this world and in the hereafter. So then Abbas, he says, I remained a few days and then I came. And said, O oh Messenger of Allah, teach me something I can ask Allah. Ya Rasulallah, allimni şey'en as'aluhullah. Faqal li ya Abbas, ya Amma Rasulillah, salillah al-afiyah fid dunya wal-akhirah. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, O oh Abbas, the uncle of the messenger, ask Allah for al-afiyah for that goodness and health and safety and security in your affairs, in this world and in the afterlife. For that preservation, you could say, preservation of your affairs and yourself in this world and in the hereafter. (coughs) Also, it is mentioned from Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, Radiyallahu anhu anna an-nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala Salu Allah al-afwa wal-afiyah Fainna ahadan lam yu'ta ba'da al-yaqini khayran min al-afiyah As'al Allah Ask Allah for al and for al-afw al-afw meaning forgiveness for your sins al that you are forgiven for your sins, they are concealed. Your sins are concealed and forgiven and overlooked. Al-afu, الذنوب al that your sins are erased and concealed. Wal-afiyah, hiya الله لعبده li'abdihi min kulli niqmatin wa mihna. Bi sarfi السُّوءِ عَنْهُ وَوِقَايَتِهِ مِنَ مِنَ الشُّرُورِ So, Al-Afiyya, it is that safety and security Allah gives to His servant from all trials and punishments to divert evil away from that person, to divert trials and illnesses and diseases away from that person and to protect him from all evils, that is Al-Afiyah. That is the Afiyah. Asking Allah for safety and security from all trials and tribulations and punishments. And that evil is diverted away from you, trials and diseases and all the tribulations and difficulties are Diverted away from you, the evils are kept away from you. That is what you are asking Allah for. So, that is what the Prophet used to ask Allah for at the beginning of this dua Allahumma <laughs> inni as'aluka al-afiyah oh fi dunya wa al-akhirah. Allah, I ask you for al-afiyah in this world and in the hereafter that safety and security from Allah, from the evils and the trials and the punishments and all of that, from the evil affairs, asking Allah to give you safety and security from those matters. وَقَدْ, سأل صلى, <coughs> <coughs> وقد سأل صلى الله عليه وسلم الْعَافِيَةِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَالْعَافِيَةَ فِي الدِّينِ والدنيا وَالْأَهْلِ وَالْمَالِ وَأَمَّا سُؤَالُ الْعَافِيَةِ فِي الدِّينِ فَهُوَ طَلَبُ الْوِقَايَةِ مِن كُلِّ أَمْرٍ يَشِينُ الدِّينَ اَوْ يُخِلُّ بِهِ So when you ask for al-afiyah, safety and security and preservation from all evils, when you ask for that a'afiyah in regards to your religion, because you can ask for al in different contexts, when you're asking for this a'afiyah, safety, security, preservation from all evils in terms of your religion, then what you are asking for, is that Allah protects you and preserves you from all of that which causes deficiency in your religion. You're asking Allah to preserve you and guard you and keep you away from all of that which may cause deficiency in your religion. Amma As for asking for this afiyah in terms of your worldly affairs, فَهُوَ طَلَبُ الْوِقَايَةِ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرٍ الْعَبْدَ فِي دُنْيَاهُ مِنْ مُصِيبَ اَوْ Then that is asking Allah to protect you and preserve you from all of that which may harm you, bring calamity upon you, Bring trials upon you in your worldly affairs. You're asking Allah to keep you safe and sound in your worldly affairs, to keep you away from the calamity striking upon you, to keep you away from that which harms you striking upon you. That is asking for al-afiyah in the worldly sense. وَأَمَّا فِي الْآخِرَةِ And as for asking for this aafiyah in terms of the afterlife, فَهُوَ طَلَبُ الْوِقَايَةِ مِنْ أَهْوَالِ الْآخِرَةِ وَشَدَائِدِهَا وَمَا فِيهَا مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْحُقُوبَاتِ Then that is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save, uh, to preserve you and safeguard you from the terrors. Of the afterlife, of the resurrection, and what occurs to preserve you and keep you safe from the terrors and the severe circumstances, the severities, and the various punishments that all occur and exist in the afterlife. <clears throat> so, we have had. Three contexts so far for asking about this Rafia There has been the context of asking for Afiyah in terms of your re- firstly, religion. In terms of your religion, that Allah protects you and preserves you in your religion and does not cause any deficiency to it, anything which will harm your religion, you ask Allah to divert it away from you. The second was in the context of the worldly affairs, any calamity befalling you, harm coming to you. You ask Allah to keep you safe in those worldly affairs. Thirdly was now in the afterlife, from the terrors of the afterlife and the punishments of the afterlife, that you ask Allah to keep you safe and uh, preserved and uh, guarded from them. The fourth one was, the fourth one now in fact, (coughs) the fourth one is regarding asking for this in terms of your family. In terms of your family. وَأَمَّا فِي الْأَهْلِ فَبِوِقَايَتِهِمْ مِّنَ الْفِتَنِ وَحِمَايَتِهِمْ مِّنَ الْبَلَايَةِ وَالْمِحَنِ then that means you're asking Allah to protect and safeguard your family from trials and to preserve them, safeguard them from the afflictions and the the tests and all of the various trials that occur. To keep your family safe and preserved from these various trials and tribulations that occur. And the fifth context, of saying or asking for al-'Afiyah is in the context of your wealth. Is in the context of your wealth. Wa amma fil mal fa bi hifzihi mimma yutlifuhu min ghart' or harq' or sarqat or nahuwizali. So that is asking Allah to preserve your wealth from destruction. That it do not be destroyed uh, in drowning, in water, in burning, in being stolen. Various ways that your wealth and your property, your possessions may be destroyed, flooded in water, burnt by fire, stolen. You ask Allah to protect and preserve your wealth and what you've been given. And that it's not taken away from you in being stolen or burnt or other calamities that occur in the wealth of the people. So in that way, now you have asked for this عافية in a comprehensive manner. Covering all of the various aspects. Aafiyah in your religion, in your worldly affairs, in the afterlife, in your family, in your wealth. Aafiyah in all of the affairs. And that's why in the hadith of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, the Prophet said, Saluhullah al-afwa wal-afiyah. Fa inna ahadan lam yu'ta ba'dal yaqeeni khayran min al-afiyah. Ask Allah for al-afu, forgiveness of your sins and erasal of your sins, that they be erased and forgiven. Wal-afiyah. And ask Allah for the afiyah in all of your affairs. For indeed a person is not given anything better than uh, uh, after yaqeen, after certainty, that certainty and that iman, there's nothing better you can be given than Afiyah in your affairs. After that Iman you've been given, there's nothing better than to have al-afiyah in your affairs. <coughs> so that was the opening line of this dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afiyah fi dunya wal akhirah. This is the dua that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi he never used to leave this dua. Idha amsa wa When it was in the evening and in the morning he would always read this Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afiyah fi dunya akhirah Then Allahumma inni as'aluka al-'afwa wal-'afiyah fi dini wa dunyaya wa ahli wa mali Amari exactly what we've been talking about the very next line the prophet sallallahu alayhi says اللَّهُمَّ inni asaluka, Oh Allah, I ask you for al-afu, forgiveness of sins and the wiping away and the concealment of those sins. wal-afiyah This preservation in my religion, in my world, in my family, in my wealth. All of those areas mentioned there in my religion, in my worldly affairs, in my family, in my wealth. Four of those affairs mentioned there, asking Allah for al-afiyah in those affairs. Allahumma stur awrati. In the next line, Allahumma stur awrati. عُيُوبِي وَخَلَلِي وَتَقْصِيرِي وَكُلُّ مَا يَسُؤْنِي كَشْفًا اللهم استر عوراتي meaning O Allah keep me or keep my affairs concealed meaning the types of affairs that you would not want to become public and known keep my affairs concealed meaning my shortcomings my shortcomings, my deficiencies, keep them concealed. Asking Allah to keep them concealed and not to become uh, known and spread. Asking Allah to keep your shortcomings, your deficiencies concealed for you, that which you would not want to become spread and known. وَيَدْخُلُ فِي ذَلِكَ meaning مِنْ إِنْكِشَافِ الْعَوْرَةِ And within that comes the what you could say is the obvious linguistic meaning as well of awrah Is your actual body That you're asking Allah to maintain your dignity You never end up in a situation Where your dignity is taken away from you And your awrah is exposed So that comes into it وَهِيَّ فِي الرَّجُلِ مَا بَيْنَ In terms of the man The awrah is from where to where navel to the knee, belly button to the knee, <coughs> from the belly button, the navel to the knee. And the woman, everything except for the hands and the face, you could say, the face, that is differed over also, but generally everything. The woman is awra completely. And then there are differences for the other, for example, the, the the child who is not at the age of puberty yet, for example, will have slightly different rule. The boys who are not at the age of puberty, young boys, how much they have to cover minimum. Young girls, how much they have to cover minimum. Uh, the abd and the amah, how much they have to cover minimum. Uh, under the age of puberty, generally speaking, for kids, then the minimum, as a, as in, I mean, you remember, when we say minimum, that is like your technical minimum. That doesn't mean that's what you do. You obviously cover more. You wouldn't go around just with a pair of shorts on wouldn't just put a pair of shorts on from your navel to your knees and start walking around everywhere. You wouldn't do it. This is just to highlight the rules of the minimum. Then you obviously cover more modesty and everything else. So for kids who are not at the age of puberty, young kids, then it's only even less than the navel to the knee. It would just be the private area, a pair of shorts. Little boy, little kid, pair of shorts is covering. pair of shorts not even down to his knees. Uh, uh, for the For the girls, Again, they may mention, obviously, a lot less than the woman, but maybe more than just between the private parts, maybe more than that to cover the the modesty of that. But really, there's a difference because it depends on the prayer rulings. That's really where it comes into more. What's the minimum for the coverage of the prayer? And then they have all the different categories of the boys, uh, and the girls and then the men and the women and the slave men and the slave women because that differs too even though that will be surprising to most people find out the aura of the slave woman for example but uh, for the kids, the uh, for the boys definitely it is mentioned as a minimum it is just a private area for the girls maybe that and then above also make a minimum it would not be something recognized as acceptable amongst the people in any case to go less than that women and women what's the aura that a woman has to cover to another woman let's imagine muslim women only yet because it's different if you have kafir women with you muslim women to muslim women how much do they have to cover so when women are amongst themselves Muslim women sitting with themselves have some gatherings, some whatever they are allowed to uncover the wudu body parts they can uncover the wudu body parts that's it yeah, so the hair, that's within the wudu body parts the wiping of the hair so the hair can be out face can be out, all up to the neck, everything, all of that Head area, face area can all be out. Arms can be exposed up until elbows. Not really short dresses with all of the arm exposed. wudu area is only up to the elbow. Uh, from the feet up to the ankles. Not some like skirt exposing more than that. The women when they are amongst themselves. Muslim women amongst Muslim women. Should only expose. they are allowed to leave open the wudu body part areas. All of the face, the head, everything, the hair, head, everything. Arms up to the elbows. You can have some sort of dress or garment which leaves the arms open. And down the dress that goes up to near the ankle area. And not short dresses, not from the top short dresses where all the arms are exposed and the top of the chest and everything. That is not correct. It is a mistake. Mistake sisters make thinking that when you are just with Muslim women, that you can wear whatever you want. That is not really what the scholars have mentioned at all. In fact, all of the scholars from the modern day scholars, Sheikh Fawzan, Sheikh Bin Sheikh Al-Thameen, Sheikh Al-Bani, all of the big scholars have said exactly what we just said there now. That was their statement. They've all said that same thing. Only the wudu body parts. And... They have mentioned, all of these major scholars, they've mentioned women should not wear tight clothes when they are amongst themselves. It is a big mistake now. Women think you can wear whatever you want if you are just sitting with other women. Tight clothes, exposing the the figure. That is not suitable. And the scholars, they spoke about it in detail. Exposing the figure, exposing the bosom, exposing other areas in the shape of it. Not befitting and suitable at all. It's a mistake. Women think it's okay when you're amongst other sisters. So they'll dress as they dress in the, the Western types of garments you have. The scholars they've mentioned, these scholars whose names we mentioned, they said this is because of the influence of the Western society. And the sahabiyat, the female companions, were never like this now how the women are today. So it's something to, be, uh, to take attention and to, to, uh, to be aware of. That That is not the appropriate uh, clothing, Islamically wearing a pair of trousers, for the women wearing a pair of trousers and then some type of, as they may call it, some type of a jilbab or something that only goes up to your knees, like an upper, loose dress garment, something, whatever it is, and then the scarf and everything, and then trousers underneath. That is not the appropriate method. That is not how it has been specified in the Sharia. Because, remember, covering the aura, there are two aspects to it It isn't just about covering the body There is a second aspect to it It is also about covering the shape of the body The shape is aura It's not just the body itself You can't just say, okay, i got some jeans on, i got some top on, you can't see through You can't see my body, I've covered the aura If the shape can be seen, which obviously with pants, trousers, the shapes of the legs, etc. can be seen If the shape of the body can be seen, then your aura is not covered. Aura is two things, covering the body itself, meaning you cannot see the skin. Garments are covering your skin, your body. But on top of that, the loose garments, so that your figure, and your shape, and your physique, that is not seen either. So imagine now, somebody wore some very tight clothes. Tight clothes. Like you know, uh, the lycra shorts, the cyclists, and these types of people wear. If you wore one of those from the navel to the knee, that isn't covering your aura. You may say, but it is. You can't see through. You're right, you can't see through, but it isn't covering your aura because your aura can be seen the shape of it clearly. So it's not just about covering the ability to see the aura, it's covering the shape of the aura too. That's both things in the aura. People make a mistake thinking it's just about not being able to see through. Well, in that case, the, those kinds of lycra shorts and everything, they would be permissible. Just wear those and walk outside, Haram! Don't cover your awrah because the full shape of your areas and private areas all of it exposed if you wore something like that. So the awrah two parts, covering the actual body parts, the skin you can't see through and covering the shape of that area. That's why tight pants and trousers are not permissible. Men as well, this is this, everything what we said now, this is men and women. Men and women cover the aura and cover the shape so that's why it's not permissible tight jeans, tight trousers, tight pants, tight joggers any tight clothes, even the tops tight shirts and things that are going to go down and expose below the navel the shape of your body exposing the shape of your body like that it's a deficiency in the aura that's why a person has to make sure I mean trousers, pants, they're allowed but for the men outside But you have to wear baggy ones that are not going to show the shape of your body. And These days the problem is, I forget these days, I remember in 2001, 2001, 2002, last time I went to the shops to buy pants. Not even a joke. 2001, 2002, I remember I was looking for some baggy pants. Those days I was finding it hard to find anywhere. Those days I remember too, I used to live in Manchester. 2001, 2002, remember going looking, I needed some baggy pants. Big, loose, baggy pants. Everywhere looking, couldn't find anything anywhere. Even in those days, 20 years ago, the fashion was to get tighter and tighter. Now it has become so tight, you can't even breathe now when you put those clothes on. That's the way they designed them now. All these 18 years now got tighter, 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 tighter. So a person has to be very careful. These are not Islamic clothings. To wear tight clothes like that, it has to be loose. Loose garments that don't show the shape of your body for the men. For the women, of course, they're going to cover fully. They should not be wearing trousers and pants and these types of things outside. They need to have an overall covering garment that does not expose the shape of their bodies, their legs, or anything at all. <coughs> this is going too far. in the hair will come to another time. But from here, this section now was about the aura. The aura, we're on the du'a. I'm going to fiqh of other things. So the awra here, it was because it said, Allahumma astur Awrati. But oh Allah, keep my awra concealed. Physically, dignity, honor, but on top of that, your deficiencies and your shortcomings. Ayy, uyubi wa khalali wa taqsiri wa kullu ma yasu'uni kashfu. Wa yadkhulu fi thalika al min al-awra. وهي في الرجل ما بين الصرة إلى الركبة وفي المرأة جميع بَدَنِهَا وحريٌ بالمرأة أن تحافظ على هذا الدعاء ولا سيما في هذا الزمان الذي كثر فيه كثر فيه في أنحاء العالم تهتّك النساء وَعَدَمْ عنايتهن بالسّتر والحجاب. says women in particular should make sure they guard over this dua. Allahumma astur awrati keep my Aura concealed he says especially nowadays when the way the world is all everywhere all over the world whereby they have a degradation of the women now no importance to the women in covering there is no importance given in covering there is no importance given to hijab fatilka tubdi sahadaha. وَالْأُخْرَىٰ تَكْشِفُ سَاقَهَا So one of them uh, it, it exposes the arms certain types of garments they expose their arms or some women they expose their arms others they expose their legs وَثَالِفَةَ تُبْدِي صَدْرَهَا وَنَحْرَهَا others they expose their upper chest and their necks وَأُخْرَيَاتِ مَا هُوَ أَشَدْ وَأَقْبَحْ من ذلك And there are some who will do even worse than that بَيْنَمَا تتجنب ذلك كله، As for the Muslim woman who is self-guarding and preserving of herself and her chastity, then she will stay away from all of that type of dressing. وهي تسأل الله and she will ask Allah دائما، always، وأبدا أن يحفظها من الفتن. To preserve her and protect her from these trials, and that Allah bestows upon her to conceal her awrah. So it is a tremendous dua. In that meaning, too, in the covering of the awrah. People these days, why can they not do it? Because they are choosing the worldly affairs over their religion. It is. Im- <coughs> it is impressive to wear certain types of garments the woman wants to look good and that is all it comes down to simple as that the woman wants to expose herself expose her beauty and to look good for the people outside that's it when you go out on the streets they don't want to wear the covering and the hijab They want to leave areas exposed to look good. For who? For everybody on the streets who sees them. To look good for everybody on the streets who sees them. To expose themselves and their bodies to everybody on the streets who sees them. Anybody and everybody. So this is the reality of what occurs now. You make this dua asking Allah to bestow upon you. To be of that iman and to be upon that state while Allah keeps... Your aura concealed. Then after that, Waamin Rawati and give me safety and security. Waamin Rawati Safety and Security. As opposed to in a state of fear, anxiety no safety, are you going to be attacked, are you going to be killed, enemies, all types of things going on. You ask Allah for safety and security. To be in a situation where you are safe and secure. ضِدُ الْخَوْفِ وَالْرَّوْعَاتِ جَمْعُ وَهُوَ الْخَوْفُ So you ask Allah to keep you at ease and comfort to keep you at ease and comfort, and safe from the fears and affairs that would cause you to lose your comfort, that cause you anxiety and fear, take away your security and safety. To ask Allah to keep you away from those affairs and to keep you safe and secure. And then after that, Allahumma, I من بين يدي ومن say, I have وعن say, I have to say, I have to say, I وعن to say, I have to say, I to say, you. And to preserve you from in front, and from behind, and from the right, and from the left, and from above. Meaning from all sides. That Allah preserves you, and guards you, and protects you, and keeps you safe from all angles. And then that's why you say at the end, a'udhu بِعَظَمَتِكَ an min taht." So you're asking Allah to protect you and preserve you from the harms that come from all angles, all six angles, in front, behind, side, side, above, below. Asking Allah for protection from any evil coming from any angle. فَقَدْ يَأْتِيهِ الشَّرُّ وَالْبَلَايَةِ مِنَ الأمام، The trials and the tribulations and the evil may come to you head on. أو من الخلف or from behind. أو من اليمين from the right. أو من الشمال from the left. أو من فوقه from above. أو من تحته. or from below. وَهُوَ لَا يَدْرِي And that person wouldn't know. من أي جهة قَدْ يَفْجَأ قَدْ يَفْجَأُهُ الْبَلَاءِ أو تَحُلُّ بِهِ الْمُصِيبَةِ you wouldn't know. Suddenly, it comes upon you from here, from there, from here. You don't see it coming. You don't see it coming. Some trial, some tribulation, some calamity befalls you from above, from below, from here, from there. You don't see it coming. Yeah, I understand. This is a, a, a you know, when we used to be in the Medina University. Sometimes, like this, happens. Which you may be explaining something, and a student hand up for example shaykh you know why, why this or why that something like that and they used to say sometimes as a joke <laughs> but you're going you know when they say you're running before you can walk because it's coming this explanation is going to come right now about the because you can see in the Dua it says in front behind right left above then it doesn't just say below It then gives you the extra There's an extra line about the below one It doesn't just come in the list Above, uh, right, left, in front, behind, below It doesn't come like that It's above, right, left, all the others And then there's a full line about the below one Why is there a full line about the below one? That we're coming to right now, you'll see here فسأل ربه أن يحفظه من جميع جهاته ثم إن من الشر العظيم الذي يحتاج الإنسان إلى الحفظ منه شر الشيطان الذي يتربص بالإنسان الدوائر ويأتيه من أمامه وخلفه وعن يمينه وعن شماله ليوقعه في المصائب وليجره إلى البلايا والمهالك وليبعده عن سبيل الخير وطريق الاستقامة Shaytan comes to you from every angle, comes to you from all of the angles to bring about destruction upon you. Just as it mentions in the Quran, That I will come to them from in front and from behind and from their right and from their left and you will not find many of them grateful. So, Shaytan comes to a person from all angles. Hence the dua here, covering all angles, asking for protection. You need fortification, protection from this enemy. And a protector from the plots and the plans of the Shaytan you need. وفي هذا الدعاء العظيم تحصين للعبد من ان يصل اليه شر الشيطان من اي جهه من الجهات This دعاء gives you that fortification that protection from the evils of the Shaytan from all angles لانه في حفظ الله وكان فيه ورعايته because you are now under the protection and guardianship of Allah وقوله واعوذ بعظمتك ان اغتال من تحت now, this section about the attack from below, why it was given more emphasis. This indicates the greatness, the severity of the trials and tribulations that may come from below. The fact that it's given extra emphasis in the supplication shows the extra severity of this angle of trials and punishments etc. that may come from below. دون قيام منهم بطاعة خالقها ومبدعها بل يمشون عليها بالإثم والعدوان والشر والعصيان فيعاقبون بأن تزلزل من تحتهم أو أن تخصف بهم جزاء على ذنوبهم وعقوبة لهم على عصيانهم. <coughs> From underneath you And this has been something that occurs strangely across the world, random examples you hear about. How the earth may swallow you from below. You've heard of, even without earthquakes, even without earthquakes, sinkholes. You've heard about these things, about sinkholes everywhere. Walking along, driving along, all of a sudden the earth falls, collapses a huge hole in the middle of the road. So the earth may swallow you up. The The earthquakes may occur, the tremblings may occur, all of a sudden, even with all of their science and everything, these earthquakes happen and thousands still die everywhere. Even with all of their science and predictions and everything, suddenly the earthquake attacks, strikes with that huge Richter scale uh, measurement and you see so many people dying suddenly coming to you from below. So that is perhaps the reason why it's given extra emphasis because of the extra level of threat from the various punishments and trials that may come to a person from below, from the earth, from the tremors, from the earthquakes, from the earth swallowing you up. Various things may occur as did occur to the people of the past. How they were swallowed up by the earth and the tremors, etc. Punishment by the earth from below them. So maybe that is the reason also why there's extra emphasis for that section about being protected from the calamities and trials that come from below. So that is the dua up to them. Allahumma <laughs> inni as'aluka al-afiyah fi dunya wal akhirah. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-afwa wal afiyah fi dini wa dunyaya wa ahli wa mali Allahumma astur awrati wa amin raw'ati اللهم احفظني من بين يدي ومن خلفي وعن يميني وعن شمالي ومن فوقي وأعوذ بعظمتك أن أغتال من تحتي This is a dua that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite every morning and every evening. Every morning and every evening. It says in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar لم يكن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يدعو هؤلاء الدعوات حين يمصي وحين يُصبح He never used to leave these du'as in the morning and in the evening. Similarly, ومن الأذكار العظيمة التي يجدر بالمسلمين يحافظ عليها كل صباح ومساء ما ثبت في مسنّد الإمام أحمد من حديث أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من قال لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير من قالها عشر مرات عشر مرات حين يصبح كتب الله له مئة حسنة ومحى عنه مئة سيئة وَكَانَتْ لَهُ عَدْلُ رَقَابَهُ وَحْعُفَ يَضَى بِهَا يوم إذن حَتَّى يُمْسِي وَمَنْ قَالَهَا مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ حِينَ يُمْسِي كانَ لَهُ مِثْلَ ذَلِكَ In this narration it now mentions that whomsoever says لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير That famous dua Whoever says that 10 times in the morning, then Allah writes a hundred good deeds for him and wipes a hundred evils away from him. And it is as though he has the equivalent reward of freeing a slave. And he will be given protection all day until the evening comes in. And if he then says it again in the evening, he gets all of that again, a hundred rewards, a hundred evils taken away, the reward of freeing a slave, and protection all the way till morning. So that is another one of the common examples of the supplications for the morning and the evening. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير To say that in the morning, to say it in the evening. A hundred good rewards, a hundred evils taken away, both times. The reward of freeing a slave and protection until the morning, or protection until the evening. In another narration, ومن الأذكار العظيمة التي يشرع للمسلم أن يقولها كل صباح مئة مرة ما ثبت في الصَّحِّحَيْنِ من حديث أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير في يوم مئة مرة كانت له عدل عشر رقاب وكتبت له مئة حسنة ومحيت عنه مئة سيئة وكانت له حرزا من الشيطان يومه ذلك حتى يمصي ولم يأتي أحد بأفضل مما جاء به إلا رجل عمل أكثر من ذلك ومن قال سبحان الله وبحمده في يوم مئة مرة حطت خطاياه ولو كانت مثل زبد البحر The one who says this, the same du'a لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير Whoever says that a hundred times in the day Last time was how many times? Ten times in the morning, ten times in the evening This one a hundred times, whoever says it a hundred times, then he has the equivalent or as though he has freed 10 slaves. And a hundred good deeds are written for him, a hundred evils are removed from him, and he has protection from the shaitan all day until the evening, and he will not be beaten by anybody else in terms of his good deeds except by somebody who does all of that and extra on top of that and whomsoever says, Subhanallah, he will be a hundred times in the day, his sins will be removed from him, even if they were like Zabadil Bahr, like the, the form, the froth of the sea, like a huge amount. Even if they were like that froth and the form of the sea, then they would still be removed from him. وفي هذا دلالة على عظم شأن كلمة التوحيد لا إله إلا الله This shows you the greatness of the statement of توحيد You see in that du'a the statement of توحيد التي هي أجل الكلمات على الإطلاق The greatest of the du'as and the words from anything else وأفضل ما قاله النبيون And the best of what the Prophet said ولأجلها قامت الأرض والسماوات Because of that, La ilaha illallah, the heavens and the earth have been established. وَخُرِقَةِ الْخَلَائِقُ وَالْبَرِيَّاتِ And all of the creations, everything, these creations have been created for that. La ilaha illallah. وَأَهْلُهَا هُمْ أَهْلُ السَّعَادَةِ وَالْفَلَاحِ And the people of Tawheed, they are the people of happiness and success. وَالْفَوْزِ فِي وَالْآخِرَةِ and that victory and success in this world and the hereafter of paradise. فَكَلِمَةٌ هَذَا شَأْنُهَا حَرِّيٌّ بِالْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ عِنَايَتُهُ بِهَا So a word, a statement that has such importance, then certainly a Muslim needs to make sure he gives it a great degree of importance uh, in order to make sure that you are benefiting from that And gaining the rewards of that. That is where we'll conclude at the end of that du'a today. Any questions on that? We'll move on to the next one the next time. Which is still carrying on with. Now in particular. These were all du'as you can say. Morning and evening. Next section. Some particular ones for the morning. That's the next section that comes up. Some particular ones for the morning. Then after that it goes on to particular ones for Evening before going to sleep They are the next two chapters Particular du'as for the morning And then particular du'as for the evening before you go to sleep Normally the evening ones we said they were After al Maghrib Now particularly before sleep ones too They are going to come up in the next chapters Any questions or anything there then? In that case, carry on next week, same time, approximately six forty five PM insha'Allah.